Turn your Bible, if you would, back over to Deuteronomy 28. And let's just jump into this. When you're there, see I'm there. Perhaps tonight you just need to be reminded that God's not done with you. Amen. Say, so God's not done with me. He has exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask, think, or imagine. Amen. Work in your life according to his power that's already working. In uh, the NIV, it says in verse 1 of uh, Deuteronomy 28, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will sit you high above all the nations on the earth, and all these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. The King James says, If you hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God, all these blessings shall do what? They'll come up on you and overtake you. Say it with me. They're coming on me and overtaking me. Say again, coming up on me and overtaking me. That tells me that something happens in God's economy, something happens in God's sovereignty that is set in motion when you and I honor Him. He has planned to have things come up on you. Do you believe that tonight? That it's already set in order. You know, our part is honor Him. His part is to set these things in motion. And I believe that with all my heart. And I believe that God has divine surprises for every person in this room. And your tendency is to try to figure out the how and all the details of it. And that's not your job. Turn to somebody and say, you're not God. You've never been God. You never will be God. So you don't have to have all that information. It's enough for us to know that if we do what we're supposed to do, he set things in motion. What would he have set in motion? He would have set in motion the dictates and the promises of his word, which is covenant. Anything that he has ordained or promised, he's setting those things in motion. Your job, my job, is just to continue in the things we have been taught. I tell you, there's a power in continuing in things you have been taught and you have learned. This is no time to back away from those things. In fact, this time to press in like never before. While everybody else is wandering and growing around and, you know, in fear and, and they're being displaced from their faith and they're walking around in compromise, you press in because God has good things in store for you. And then go over to Psalm 23, a very unfamiliar scripture. <laughs> when you get there, say, I'm there. Look at uh, verse 6. Surely... Shout that word out, surely. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me. Will do what? All the days of my life. Aren't you glad you have a shepherd? Aren't you glad he's a good shepherd? So all the days of your life, goodness is going to what? Now religion probably taught you that you never know what's going to happen to you. So get ready for the other shoe to drop. Get ready for God to lower the boom. I think you're confused about the nature of God with the nature of the devil. God does not lower the boom to his covenant people. He blesses his covenant people. Surely what goodness and loving kindness will follow me all? How many days? All. all. Okay, raise your hand if you've lived out all your days already. Raise your hand. Let me see. You've lived out all your days. Nobody? Okay, well then you qualify. There is still something out there for you. 
Do you agree with that tonight? There are still some good things out there that he has planned for you and for me. This shouldn't be a surprise to you. The Bible says he has plans to prosper you, plans to give you what? A future and a hope, not to harm you. When somebody says God's got plans to harm you, that's not scriptural. Well, you live in a world that's fallen, and you may experience some things, but don't confuse the consequences of a fallen world and that impact on people's lives, including people of faith. Don't confuse that with God orchestrating things. God is orchestrating good for you. God is planning good for you. He has no plans for harming you. That's a good place to say amen. amen. Say, my God has no plans to harm me. How many know if he did, he could? But there's a thing right there in the middle that dictates his behavior towards you, and it's called the cross. It's called the blood of Jesus Christ. It's called covenant. It's not a small thing. There's a very powerful reason why God has planned good for you and not evil. When you dared to believe what he said about his son, it changed everything. Amen? In... uh, in this context, I want you to understand what, what the word divine means. And it simply means originating of or from God, of godly design. Uh, divine means it's coming from where? It's coming from God. Amen. Uh, nature of God 101 is the good things come from God. And the bad things come from the enemy. The enemy comes to what? The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. What did Jesus say? Now remember that Jesus is God incarnate. Say, God incarnate. So God said, I have come that they might have life and life more abundantly to the full till it overflows. So all that steals, all that kills, all that destroys in the life of a covenant person who should be having life, it's not coming from God. Say it with me, all that steals, all that kills, all that destroys. It's not of God. What's of God is life. If he was bent on destruction, all he'd have to do is just not send his son. Wrap this thing up in no time at all. Amen. People talk about why does God allow evil. The question is, how does God do so much good in this fallen world? Mm Mm-hmm. Surprises just simply refers to this, something that comes upon or you discover suddenly and unexpectedly. It means to elicit or bring out suddenly and without warning. To strike or occur with a sudden feeling of wonder or astonishment as though unexpectedness. Say it's a wonder. What God is is ministering to me about is the, the wonder needs the return to the church. The wonder of a magnificent God. The wonder of the things that he does. Um, you know, to be in awe again of his activity in our lives. Sometimes, you know, people just, just a few more weary days and then they'll fly away. That's their mentality. Well, how many are glad there's, there's a place to fly away to? But see, the phrase, just a few more weary days, is a tacit admission of a filter or a philosophy or a grid somebody's looking to to understand, you know, the, what happens in this life. God hasn't called you to live just a few more weary days and then fly away. You're supposed to be victorious. This is the what? This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. He always leads us in triumph. It seems to me some pastor did a 50-part message series on triumph. 
Say it with me, triumph. We're supposed to be led forth in, in triumph. But you see this defeatist thing coming into people's lives. It's not based on the Word of God. It's based on what they go through. Do not ever base your belief system on what you or anyone else goes through. The moment you move your belief system off of the Word of God, you're defeated. You've done the very thing the devil tried to do with Adam and Eve. You're doing the very thing that the devil tried to do with Jesus. Pressure you, push you, discourage you, you know, cause you to come off the Word of God, either in your belief system or the things you're believing, or to get you to look through some other lens other than the Word of God. That's his entire goal. That was the, the goal in Genesis 1. That's his goal in Matthew 4. And that's his goal in your life tonight. But you know, God has something better for you planned. Say it with me, divine surprises. See, the world and the devil and religion would tell you, look for the other shoe to drop, a surprise that's negative, that's hurtful, that's destructive. You need to get your eyes out of the spiritual gutter and raise them again and realize that God has good things in store for you. Yes. Say it with me, divine, divine. Surprises. surprises. Surprises that come to us from God. Amen. Praise God. Now, first, you need to understand the concept of the divine surprise. The what of the divine surprise, that what, say with me, the what. That's the, the promises of God. Now, you may not know the specific, na specific nature of that surprise, but you can know that it's within the realm of the promises of God. How many believe that God answers prayer? How many believe that God has made promises to his people? Yes, he had. So the what is consistent, of course, with the word of God. But what exactly in details is going to manifest, that's not within your knowledge base necessarily to know. Amen. But you can know that it's good. Amen. I believe God has good for you. The why is simply the covenant of God in general. Why would he do good for us? Because covenant has been established. So we don't get it because we're Western. We were raised as if we were dropped right in the middle, you know, of, of a religious transition with no respect for what came before, little understanding of what came before. And, and you know, yes, Jesus loves me and I die and I'll go to heaven because of Jesus. But we don't understand fully the power of covenant. When God cut covenant with Abraham, he was saying, everything I have is now yours and everything you have is now mine. And Deuteronomy 28 is particularly important in terms of covenant because all the blessings that are listed there are for those that would keep the covenant that's been cut in blood. And then all the curses that follow are things that can happen if you violate that covenant. In other words, when people say God is sovereign, they imply that God is so sovereign that he can promise something and then back off that promise. That he can say one thing and then do another. God cannot and will not violate his covenant because it will make him a liar. And God is not a liar. He's not a man that he should what? That he should lie. So the, the, the what is whatever lines up with his word. The why is because the foundation of any divine surprise is because of his covenant. Think about that. We have a covenant with God that includes divine surprises. Amen. So, could a sovereign of God, a sovereign God, done anything at any time to His people if He wanted to? 
yes, if he had not revealed what he would and wouldn't do in his word. Because if he violates his own word, then he is no different than a human being. And he is not going to compromise his deity for you or for me. He is going to keep his word. For example, he's never going to say no to a person who cries out to him in repentance and a confession of faith. He's not going to turn to that person and say, no, I don't like you. I'm not going to save you. Why? Because his word declares what? Whosoever shall call upon the name of what? The Lord shall be what? Say, but God is sovereign if he doesn't want to save them. He won't. That's not what the scripture says. So what we have is a perverted understanding of sovereignty. God in his sovereignty decided to subject himself to his own word. Covenant. And he will not violate his covenant. That's good news for you and for me. Now, we take it that seriously. We don't, we don't concern ourselves as to why he would do this. But it does help us understand what he will and he won't do. Now, oftentimes when a divine surprise hits your life, you may not know exactly why God would be so good to you, why he would bless you this way. What did you do to deserve that? How many of you have had that impression when God did something overwhelming? Like, what did I do to deserve this? It's not that you deserved it. It's that God is good. And this may shock some of you, but he just doesn't have good things in store for people in the church house. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. He does good for people in the sports world, in the news world, you know, in the academic world, in the government world, believe it or not. He does things in, in, the, in the entertainment world for people. He, he does things that are good for people. He opens up doors for them. And oftentimes that will result in them turning to him rather than away from him. But because we're believers, we should understand that the goodness of God towards us is rooted in covenant. When he does good for somebody outside the household of faith, it's just pure mercy. And that's his nature, isn't it? So why would he do that? Sometimes you just live your life and you don't fully know. I was telling Sharon about this. This is Dora again. But, you know, Brother Jerry and Jesse went to Georgia years ago and they preached a conference and uh this is little mama who drove her kids to that meeting with a broken down car, had no money for a hotel, had no money for food, broke down literally in front of the area where the meeting was being held. And that little girl just looked at her mom and said, don't worry, mama, you know, God will send Brother Jerry, everything will be okay. She's like, yeah, God's going to send Brother Jerry to our broken down car and everything's going to be okay. Well, guess what? A few minutes later, he came up from the riverbank, up the steps, knocked on the window, and uh, sure enough, it was Jerry Savelle. And the little girl's like, see, I told you, Mom, Jerry said I was going to come. <laughs> and it did. And he's like, what's the matter? She said, well, we drove here. You know, we just brought a little bit of food that we had. We have nowhere to stay, and the car's broken down. We just want to come to the meeting. And the Lord spoke to him and said, I want you to take care of this family. So he made sure that his staff got the car repaired before they left town, that they had money, make sure they had gas and everything. He told his daughter, make sure you call them, make sure they get home okay. He said, while you're in this meeting, we're going to put you in the host hotel, and your kids are going to be able to order room service, and you just eat right here. They never had room, so they didn't know what that was. Then you pick up the phone, and food comes to your room. Amen. They love that. And he did all these things. And about that time, Jesse, the plans came up and said, Jesse, Jerry, you're not getting all that blessing. <laughs> and they, they shared the expense of that, the kindness you just can't make this stuff up and you can't, you know, you can't somehow manufacture that. You just have to walk in the spirit and then be what God's called you to be. 
And uh, so they just did that. They did their meeting. They preached. They enjoyed it. The you know, mom and her kids got home, and they made sure that she made it and everything. The car was repaid. They paid for the repairs, and they forgot about it. And then one day uh, at a partner's meeting back in, uh, in Crowley, Texas, somebody handed Brother Jerry a card and said, here, I want you to read this and call me as soon as you do. And he got tucked in his Bible. He'd been on the road, and he was tired, did the meeting. He went back, and uh, the night... Of course, he didn't call that guy. The next morning, he opened up that Bible, opened up that card, and he said, I want you to come over to Dallas, and I want you to pick out any Corvette on the lot that you want, and I've, I'm paying for it, titles, taxes, everything. It's yours. The Lord spoke to me about doing this for you. And um, he thought maybe 6 o'clock in the morning was a little bit too early to call him, so I think he said he waited in like 15 more minutes and then called the guy. <laughs> And he said, what took you so long to call? I explained to him that he hadn't seen the card because he just kind of tucked it away. And so he drove over there, and he said, uh, I want you just to pick one out. And he goes, I picked one out I think you'll love, but you could just pick it out. He picked out that very one. Everything was ready to go. It was gassed up. And the guy says, well, how are you going to get it home? He says, how am I gonna, I'm going to drive this. You're going to drive my car back over there. <laughs> and he did. And he, I remember him telling this story so powerfully. He was driving back between Dallas and Fort Worth, and he just asked the Lord, God, I don't understand why you did this for me. Just out of the blue, this divine surprise. And he said, do you remember that little mama in Georgia in the Spirit Life Conference that you guys took care of? He said, I never forget a seed sown. So I want you to understand something, that the foundation is covenant. But your behavior as a kind and gracious and merciful giving person, it, it catches and arrests the attention of God. Your words of kindness and encouragement, your actions of kindness and encouragement, God doesn't forget about these things. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Now, we sometimes do, and that's fine because we're not supposed to be trumpeting our giving and our kindness anyway. We're supposed to live. This is our, say It's a lifestyle. We live to give. It's a lifestyle of giving, a lifestyle of loving. And in the process, there are divine surprises that are mandated and ordained. I believe God gets thrilled about those things just like we get thrilled about blessing other people. Amen. I believe God had a big old smile on his face as Jerry drove that car. And that offends some people that are religious in the body of Christ. God wouldn't do something like that. But then you don't know our God. A little hunk of metal with some rubber tires is a big deal to God. Really? Amen? Surely yes. we can raise our sights, you know, past that after all these years. Amen? Say, well, I'm not offended at the goodness of God. And some of y'all, maybe you don't have divine surprises because when God surprises somebody else, you get mad about it. See, Pastor, you slipped over into the meddling anointing. <laughs> She just left it alone. No, we just don't rely on our intellect. We rely on the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is welcome to use any of us, isn't he, church? To speak directly to our hearts. We should celebrate when somebody else gets a divine surprise. Regardless, and I've got a whole long list of different types of surprises for you that I'll get to you next year. Amen. <laughs> But regardless of the kind that it is, we should be rejoicing. Our Father blessed our sister, our brother. You know what that tells me? God is a good God, and he loves his kids. It, didn't the word say that tonight that went forth, that God loves you? Lo I mean, how many times do you have to say it? 
It tells us he's good and he's kind to his children, to all of them. Deuteronomy 28 said what? Oh. What does Psalm 23 imply? All of his sheep, amen. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow them all the, what, all the days of the life. Look at somebody and say, we should celebrate the divine surprises of other people. Amen. That's right, Brother Jerry. I hope next time he gives you two Corvettes. That should be your mindset. I can't believe they got that. They don't deserve it. They don't need that. I tell you, I have seen more people lose their victory and just stop their growth, even people called to ministry because they got offended over something God did for somebody else. It'll just stop right there. Amen. Let me remind you, don't ever judge somebody's harvest or divine surprise because you don't know what they've sown. Were you there? I wish that God could drive out the poverty mentality in the church of Jesus Christ just like he drives out the sin mentality. Amen. We've been made righteous. Hallelujah. We've been given the gift of righteousness. That needs to happen in this area of of material. If he can bless us so big in a spiritual way, the material is nothing to him. It's just something to people. And even an offense point to people when we should celebrate. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, I'm going to celebrate when you get your surprises. Amen. Glory to God. So the what are the promises of God? The why is the covenant of God in general, the foundation. But oftentimes, either we don't know or we don't specifically have a remembrance as to the why. And that's okay, because I believe God will tell you if you ask him. Say it with me, the how. Hallelujah. <laughs> Say it with me, the what? The promises. The why is the covenant. Aren't you glad you're in covenant with the Most High God? Think about what you just said. You are in covenant through Christ with the Most High God. <laughs> the God that says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Amen? Nothing's impossible for him. The how is where a lot of people get tripped up on. Write this down. The how is completely at the discretion of the Lord. Totally. You're the prophet. You don't get to tell the Lord that you don't want to go by the brook, Kareth, and get water. Uh, you don't tell the Lord, I really don't like raven roast. I prefer a different kind of meat. You don't tell the Lord that uh, I prefer not to go to a widow and ask her for anything. Divine surprises, the how, is completely at his discretion. Amen. And that's where a lot of people get into trouble because they're trying to figure out how he's going to do it. He's got a million ways to give you a divine surprise. Don't be concerned about the how. Amen. I'm just thanking God that he does it. Amen. Uh, sometimes he, he'll use believers. Sometimes he'll, he'll speak to somebody. Maybe you're in their employ. You know, maybe he'll use somebody that's a total heathen. Uh, it was a dog track owner in Florida that gave $7 million to ORU to pay off the debt of the medical students so they could go to the mission field with no debt on their heads. A racetrack owner. Surprise. <laughs> How many would be okay if a total heathen did something like that in your life or somebody else? Yeah. 
And the religious person will say, I'm not taking that dog money. Okay, I'll take it for you. Okay. <laughs> once it's in my hand, it's blessed. It's a tool for the gospel once it's in my hand, so it's blessed of God. But you'd be amazed how many people stuff, you know, thumb their nose at God on the divine surprise because they don't like the how. Or it didn't happen the way they thought it should happen. Amen. Stay out of the how. That's not your business. Turn to somebody and tell them, that's not your business. The how is his business. Amen. And it's kind of funny, you know, when you hear men and women of God talk about how God did what he did, you know, from the, from the stories that uh, the brother Jerry tells, the, the stories that Marilyn Hickey tells, you know, the outstanding things that happen that don't make any sense at all how God did something. One of my favorite is that they were believing God for the last $40,000 to finish the hospital in Kenya. Kenya government gave land for a hospital. Brother Or Roberts was supplying the, the uh, facility of the doctors. Uh, Jerry was building the facility and he had $40,000 more. And they're all at a meeting at a conference and they get on the elevator. And this lady comes by in running shoes and a, and a, and a, and a jogging suit. And they hold the elevator for her, and she just gets on there and stands just like this. And then she pushes her floor, and they're all just kind of waiting, you know. And so it comes to her floor, and she starts to get off. She turns around and hands him a check for $40,000 for that last bid on that hospital. Now, how many know if you had to predict that God's going to send some lady with jogging shoes and a pink, uh, you know, <laughs> jogging outfit <laughs> to pay off the, the rest of the amount for the hospital in Kenya, you would never come up with that in a million years. Come on, say, I would never come up with it in a million years. So forget about the how. That's not your business. Amen. And what the big deal is that the hospital got finished. Imagine Jerry says, I'm not taking this from a lady in running shoes. Brother Osteen, when you first started preaching the gospel and started Lakewood Church, the treasurer came to him and said, you know, Brother Osteen, he goes, you know, every time we have a special speaker, and most of you know back in the 70s, 80s, they had them all the time. He said, every time we have a special speaker, you bring them to your house, you feed them, you take care of them, and we just feel like as leaders that, that you know, we want to give you something extra to help, you know, defray some of those expenses. And he said, here, we want to give you this. And he said, I took that check by the corner as if it was something wicked and evil. And he goes, oh, no, I would never dream of taking something extra, as I used to talk, and just hand it back to him. And he goes to himself, he goes, how dumb can you be? And he goes, do you still feel that way, Brother Osteen? Brother Osteen said, try me. <laughs> uh, God trying to what? Trying to give him a divine surprise. He didn't ask for it. He didn't petition it. Here comes the divine surprise and religion blocked it. Come on, say it. Don't let religion block your divine surprise. The how is not your business. The where is also at the discretion of the Lord. Where it manifests, where the surprise is or comes from. God spoke to me big time about this a couple years ago. He just simply said, divine favor will always come for the child of God. Come on, say it, always. Divine favor refers to open doors and opportunities, possibilities. Come on, say it, yay for possibilities. The blessing refers to the power to succeed. 
So you and I have the power. We have the blessing, but we also have the favor of God. Say, I have the blessing, and I have the favor of God. The blessing is the power to succeed, or the ability. The favor is the open door. If I have the ability to do something, but I don't have an open door, it, it doesn't help, does it? Or if I have the open door, but I don't have the power, how am I supposed to accomplish anything? But you and I have the blessing. Say, I have the blessing. Say, I have the blessing. But I also have the favor. And he said this, he said, the favor of God will always come, always show up in a believer's life. But he went on to say, it will not necessarily come from where you think it should or where even it ought to come from. This is an error in Christian's thinking. If it doesn't come from where you think it should come from, you get frustrated, sometimes even put out. Amen. It doesn't matter where it comes from. All that matters is that the favor of God comes. Amen. Well, if that door doesn't open, then this faith stud doesn't work, and I'm just not going to do this anymore. Because, see, you think it should come from that place. You should be following God and wanting to walk through the door that he opens up for you. Say it with me. Favor always comes to the believer. It just doesn't come from where you always think it should come from. Amen. Okay, so you invested in somebody's life and they shouldn't be such a knucklehead? Granted. But that favor might not come from whom? From that direction. It can come from a different direction altogether. Amen. Come on, say it. The how and the where are none of my business. Come on, say it again. The how and the where are none of my business. Don't make any difference how he chooses to do it. Doesn't make any difference where it comes from. All that matters is that it comes. And do you know that the devil may be able to block one or two channels, but he cannot stop the favor of God from coming in your life. Amen? Have you ever had a water leak in your house? What did, what did you learn about water? If it can get through, it will get through. Amen? Whether it's a roof, or something else, it, it will, you can't stop it. And that's the way it is with the favor of God for God's people. The devil can't stop the favor of God. But if your faith is in a certain how, or if your faith is in a certain where, you've misplaced your faith and confidence. My faith is in God, who has all the hows. He has all the wheres. Amen? Poke somebody and say, he's going to get it to you. Say it sooner or later. The how and the where are not my business. But the when last tonight is not your business either. <laughs> oh, did we hit a nerve there? You know that faith doesn't look at the clock. It doesn't tell time. It doesn't look at the checkbook. It doesn't look at the calendar. I found out a lot of word people are calendar watchers. You've got this arbitrary, you know, determining factor. Well, if it doesn't happen by then, it's just not going to happen. And God's just going, okay, when did I step off the throne and give them my crown? Shout it out. The when is none of your business. Aren't you, uh, isn't it exciting when something shows up and you had nothing to do with it? 
It's just the goodness of God operating in your life. The when is not your business. A lot of people will set these artificial timelines and not realizing that God, when he set in order the divine surprise, he ordered an ordained time for it to manifest. Listen to those words. God has ordained and established divine surprises that are already in your future. All you have to do is just keep walking the journey, walking the road, and you'll run right into them. But there are a lot of Christians, well, if it doesn't happen by then, or if it doesn't happen by here, and then, then somehow it's not going to happen in my life. You just throw your faith down. Over what? See, God's promise to you is that he's going to do X, Y, Z, but the clock says something different, and you have more confidence and give that clock more authority than the word of God. You give that calendar more weight and honor than you do the word of God. Say it with me, it doesn't matter how long it takes. All that matters is that God does it. That's why we start with the foundation of his will and his word and his covenant. Amen. Come on, say it. The wind is none of my business. But they're out there. Amen. And when you run into a divine promise and you run into a divine surprise, how do you act when God does something like that? Do you not recognize that it was God that did that? Come on, raise your hand. Do you not, in your heart, you know that was God that did that? Yes. And you rejoice in it, don't you? Amen. So say to me, the what are the promises of God? The why is the covenant cut in blood. The how is the method, and it's up to God. The where is the location, and that's up to God. The when is the timing, and it's none of my business. Or to quote somebody, it's none of your big blab business. Amen. It should be enough to you know that the promise is out there, and he has divine surprises for you. And some of you are like, I sure wish he would hurry up, though. <laughs> That's fine as long as you stay in faith about that thing and not come out of your faith. Let me just um, say a, a few things about this tonight. There needs to be a return to the awe and wonder of God and how he does what he does. I don't know if it's just life, carnality, COVID, who knows, fear. But there's a lot of people in the body of Christ that no longer have that excitement and enthusiasm in the things of God that they need. We need to return to a place of great wonder, great anticipation, great excitement for what he's doing. I mean, if you just did a, you know, an inventory in your mind of all the things God has done, you know what I'm saying is true. He's been surprising you all of your life. And he's the Lord our God and he changes not. We should continue to have that same level of wonder and awe. The Bible is filled with divine surprises or wonders that came upon God's people and overtook them. Wonder means a surprising event or situation, a feeling of surprise mingled with admiration caused by something beautiful, unexpected, unfamiliar, or completely inexplicable. Anybody ever had the completely inexplicable happen in your life? And you stop and you go, oh, that's God. 
There's no explanation for that. But God. Come on, shout it out. But God. Psalm 72, 18 says, Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone works wonders. Amen. The devil's tempting you to think, well, he works wonders for other people. Where is my wonder? Psalm 77, 14. You are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. How many believe that? And he's not done. So I'm just here you know, tonight just to begin to sow this into your spirit. God has divine surprises for everybody in this building. He has divine surprises for everybody watching online. He is no respecter of persons. Raise your hand if you gave your life to Jesus Christ. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. If you have the Son, if you're born again, you have divine surprises that are out there in, a, in just a plethora of categories that we're going to spend some time developing. But I want you to write these down tonight, and you can meditate on these. I'm not going to have a lot to say about this or the, the keys to experiencing literally a lifetime of divine surprises in your life. Because you and I can set ourselves up for um, you know, just a, an amazing life, just by walking this thing out. The ten types of divine surprises. Amen. And you just thought they were Corvettes. Can I tell you something? Many of these are a whole lot more valuable than a Corvette. Huh? So don't get hung up on your religion. Amen? My sister was telling me that she has a cat. I love cats. Jackie, you love cats, don't you? Do them. Amen. Yeah. I had a cat named Tiger. It was the baddest cat in the town. Amen? It's like Leroy Brown. Amen? <laughs> and a uh, big tabby cat. He, he was the king of the mountain until one day uh, some kid threw him in the pool and found out the cat can't swim. So that was the end of that. But he's a good cat. But she is this cat and uh, really intelligent. Bentley is a very, very intelligent cat. And the cat turns on water fountains, water, you know, water spigots and drinks on the fountain and opens up doors. Actually, knows how to open and close doors. It's amazing. And the cat wouldn't eat and started losing all kinds of weight and, and took the cat to the vet. They tested everything, couldn't, couldn't figure it out. And Tammy's just like, you know, Holy Ghost, I need you to show me what's going on with this cat. And uh, one day, this cat hurled up a big old fat fur ball, huge, right there on the ground. And after that, the cat just ate just fine and got healthy as a horse. And the vet was like, would you please tell us, you know, when you figure this out, when you find something out. And so she, it was a furball. Well, that furball is like some of y'all's religion. <laughs> it's time to hack it up. Amen. Amen. It's time to hack up your little religious furball and get on with it. Amen. I'm preaching a lot better than y'all are staring at me right now. Whatever you're choking on, when it comes to divine surprises, just go ahead and get over it. And go ahead and live your life in victory. Amen. And health. Don't be like Bentley. <laughs> yeah. Number one, surprises of provision. Shouldn't surprise you at all that that's on that list. Whether it's food, place to live, something to drive. Amen. Any natural need at all, 
anything that he can do for you. If he can feed, what, thousands with a few loaves and a few fishes, can he not do anything? Yes. yes. Come on, say it's divine surprises of provision. Number two, surprises of protection. Did, did he not part the Red Sea? Uh, did Moses know how it was going to happen? No. Could you imagine them sitting down thinking how they're going to get away from this powerful army? And, uh, you know, a little 25-year-old raises his hand and goes, uh, Father Moses, Father Moses, I know what's going to happen. We're going to get to the edge, and we're all going to freak out because we're going to see the army behind us and the Red Sea in front of us, and you're going to stand there with your staff, and you're going to slick it up in the air, and the water's going to part, and we're going to walk over on dry land. You could not make up that stupidity. <laughs> but guess what happened? When, when the Lord told him what to do, surprise, suddenly there's a highway for you. And they get over, and then the other thought is, okay, we're over here, but cannot they do the same thing we just did? And when they crossed over, surprise, the water came back down again. Is he not able to do that in your life? Come on, say divine protection. Surprises of protection. You don't have to figure it all out. Amen? Number three, surprises of direction. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that uh, Joseph, Mary's husband, and the earthly father for Jesus... Uh, did not have a big, long relationship with angelic visitations. But when he needed supernatural direction, guess what he got? And the key to the story is he listened and did exactly what he was told to do. Divine surprises of direction. Some of you calling out for wisdom and asking God for his will and what to do. You should expect it to come to you, but don't try to tell him how to do it. This is how you're going to get that information to me. Let him do what he wants to do. Let him be God, and you can be the follower. Come on, say, God can be the God, and I'll be the Christian. Amen? Number four, surprises of promotion. King Saul, when he was hiding in that luggage rack, that was a surprise. And everyone was surprised when David was anointed. I go through every one of the sons of Jesse, and none of them are supposed to be anointed. Is there anybody else? Yeah, David, he's out there with the sheep. Call him. Guess what? Jesse was surprised that day. Eliab and his other brothers, surprised that day. Samuel, surprised. David beside himself. God is able to visit you with surprise promotion. It doesn't come from the north, south, east, and west. It doesn't come from man. It comes from the Lord. And I heard this this afternoon, getting ready to come out and minister, that God is about to unleash divine promotion in people's lives sitting in this room tonight. You're not even going to know what happened, how it happened, why it happened. It's a divine surprise. Promotion. Come on, say it. Promotion is mine. See, that's why you don't have to politic and play games. You just need to be excellent in what God's called you to do and watch him do the promoting. Can you receive that? Yes. Oh, we got to help him out a little bit. You know, Mark Randall, back when they had the, the CETA programs and youth administration programs at, at uh, Murray State, and, and you know, a lot of the, the people who were involved in the CETA program, work program, were involved in some of those things. Um, 
he said there's a, there's a fellow that, that just would lambast, you know, the, the director of that program, thinking that was going to somehow get him promoted. You know, I'll make him look bad and I'll look good. Mark would just do his job with excellence and keep his mouth shut. At the end of the process, guess who got promoted? The one that kept his mouth shut. The one that just did his job with excellence. Amen? Why? Because there are divine surprises of promotion. If he did it for King Saul, if he did it for David, if he did it for Mark, he can do it for you. Amen. And don't think about promotion just in terms of position. Think about promotion in terms of influence. It can certainly come with position or title. Don't get me wrong. Number five, surprises of revelation. I'm sure it surprised Peter when the revelation came to him, thou art the Christ. Where did that come from? <laughs> You're the son of the living God. The other 11 didn't get it. And what did Jesus say? Simon, God has given you this revelation. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father. How do you like it when you get insight revelation? Concept from the Lord. Amen divine surprises. And you know, it can, it can happen during a message that has nothing to do with the revelation you get. How's that possible? Because the Holy Spirit is the teacher of the church. Sometimes God just uses the preacher to get your attention. And then the Holy Ghost goes to teaching you what you need to hear. Amen. You know, some people come to church and uh, week after week after week, all they get is convicted. And I haven't even addressed the issues they're convicted about. Why is that happening? He's merciful. He wants the person restored. Amen. He wants them to respond. Do you know that conviction, write this down, is a type of revelation? A very powerful type of revelation. Not just the depths of Scripture, but, hey, you need to deal with this thing. Amen. Did you all hear that holy thud? Have I mentioned the furball yet? <coughs> We're all excited about thou art the Christ, but considering that convi conviction is a form of revelation? Come on, say it. Conviction is revelation. To whom? Now, if God reveals so much of your life to somebody else in a word of knowledge, it's not so they can make fun of you or expose you, but to pray for you. But if God reveals it to you, he's revealing it to you because of repentance. Amen. And that's merciful. Yes, amen. What number are we on? I always lose count. <laughs> Six, surprise is a preservation. This should be great and, and, and tapped into by everybody in this room. Uh, it's quite shocking to look at the gas prices at pockets go up after Memorial Day weekend. Huh? At this point, you know... Um, I almost feel sorry for Democrats. Moving right along, Pastor. Amen. It's going to be so bad in November. <laughs> but I mean, how, how does that happen? I mean, shocking. Huh? When everything was befalling Egypt, the people of God in Goshen had light. Yes. And everything they needed. Say it with me. I'm not of the world. Said, I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. 
I'm in Goshen. I'm in a, in a secret place with Almighty God. And it is sad to see things happening because so many of these things that are happening were self-inflicted. Don't you let anybody ever tell you your vote doesn't matter and elections don't matter. They matter at every level of our society. Amen? What I'm saying to you is that God's promises to you are not based on the circumstances and the conditions of this world. And if you believe that God's provision for your life and God taking care of you is based on the condition of this world, you have a bigger problem than just the lack or the issue you're facing. He cares about you, doesn't he, church? Preservation. He's going to take care of his people. Amen? Come on, shout it out. He's taking care of me. Everything's going to be all right for the people of God. Yes, amen. Number seven, surprises of restoration. How many believe he's still a miracle-working God? How many believe he's still healing bodies? How many believe he's still providing deliverance? Yes, he is. Surprises of restoration. Um, You and I have to be careful here telling God how he's going to do it. He has many ways to restore his people. Amen. And if you're not careful, you get one-dimensional and you're thinking about how God will do this. What did we already talk about? Huh? The how's none of your business. You're just, you're just saying, God, I thank you for my divine surprise, my body. I don't care how you do it, God, just do it in Jesus' name. He may drop the wisdom into a medical professional. He may drop the wisdom into a relative. He may drop the wisdom into a dietitian. He may drop the wisdom of God in somebody's life. He may just touch you instantly and completely right then and there. And if you're not careful, you'll tell him how he's going to do his job. No, what you need to do is just rest in the reality that he promises restoration. Jesus went around preaching and teaching and healing. Say it with preaching, teaching, and healing. Amen. Well, if I don't get it this way, then I just don't want it. Listen to yourself. You should be saying, thank you for the promise, God, and I receive it in Jesus' name, however it is you want to do it. Number eight, surprises of visitation. Encounters with God and the glory of God. It means the God of the breakthrough visiting your house. Amen. (laughs) Moses had a burning bush. Does God still do things like that? Yes. It surprises you with an overwhelming sense of his presence from time to time. It'll surprise you by enveloping you. Uh, ben called me when, uh, when dad died, and he said, you know, when my dad died, he said for about two weeks, he said, I just felt like I had an envelope of God's presence around my life, just protecting as I walked through that out. And that was a you know, a powerful word in Hegan Sabbath. He just explained that there's a visitation from God. God surprised him during that time. And it was particularly important because his dad and him, he kind of rejected him when he was a kid. And that kind of led him into the uh, outlaw biker world in the first place. And at the end, there was some, some restoration there. But you could see how important it was. Yes. That's what God did. Yes. And then John Osteen went up to him one day. Uh, Lakewood's 50th anniversary, after winning hundreds of thousands of people to Jesus, 
Brother Osteen asked Ben to be the one soul to represent all of them during their celebration. But when his dad died, he squared him up and he said, I'll be your father. Amen. Is that okay? Yes, he has lots of ways of doing these things. And God can come directly into the room, but he can also send his presence through people. Are you here today? Number nine, surprises of impartation. You're about to see the unleashing of gifts and anointings and abilities in the body of Christ like you've never seen before. This is where we're headed. This is what God is doing. Say it with me, I receive it. Impartations, gifts, and abilities in Jesus' name. Is it okay if there's a fresh anointing on your life? Is it okay for a fresh impartation? And not just for preaching and teaching, for whatever he needs you to do. Amen. Glory to God. Don, you're going to cut hair at a whole new level. You're going to invent colors for Kelly's hair you have never seen before. It's never been invented before. <laughs> Amen. Charlie's going to discover a hair growth product. Amen. Going to make millions. <laughs> you know, impartations, gifts and annoyance, yes, they're certainly you know, ministry related, but they're life related. Amen. You're going to find yourself with a key, with a concept, with an idea. Amen. With insight to something. And number 10, surprise associations. God putting people across your path. They're not an accident. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Amen. Can God give you new relationships when you've lost somebody? Yes. yes. Can he do that? Yes. <laughs> Can he? Yes. Can he add people to your life where you've lost people that were mentors and important in your life to coach you and encourage you? Yes. Can he put people across your path, associations where you're supposed to be the one imparting to them? Mentors. Amen. <laughs> uh, Kelly and I took uh, you know, mom to Baloo's for Memorial Day. She enjoyed that. And then we took her to go see uh, the new Top Gun movie. She, she likes movies. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I didn't tell her this, but I, I saw Paul Foote. He was coming out of one theater and uh, saw him in the hallway. And um, we were you know, in another one. <laughs> And I just, uh, I just couldn't help it. I was being facetious that day. And uh, I told Paul, I said, I'm, I'm going to tell my mom that uh, she's just too old for Tom Cruise. Amen. He's too young for her. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and you can't say anything, amen, praise the Lord. But at any rate, can he, can he do that? Yeah. In this day and age, don't be surprised when there's an association that comes that either something that you're a, a, a depositor into or something that you can receive from. Amen? Divine surprises. Look at somebody and go, surprise. How many would mind having any or all of these surprises in your life? Well, it's in the Word of God. Amen? And they're for you and they're for me. So say it with me. I understand. God has divine surprises for my life. The what? are the promises. The why is the covenant. The how is his discretion. The where is his discretion. The when is certainly his discretion.
In Jesus' name, I am looking for a return to wonder and divine surprises in my life. In Jesus' name, surprises of provision, protection, direction, promotion, revelation, preservation, restoration, visitation, and impartation, and association. Why don't we serve a good God? Come on, let's give him a hand clap and let's thank him. Amen. Praise your Father.